Welcome to the Golf and Fraser podcast. My name is Fatima and I'm your host. Today we'll be tackling a hot topic, the financial challenges facing Gen Z. So people between the ages of 11 and roughly 26, from affording tuition to saving up for a home in an expensive city like Vancouver to dealing with an unstable economy. They say it's best to start saving and forming good financial habits when you're young, but how do you even get started saving and growing your money? In part one of this two-part episode, we'll be going over some common questions, insights, and practical tips to help you build your foundational wealth as a Gen Z through saving and budgeting. We have two special guests with us today, also Gen Z, Caitlin Dang, a money advisor for our mobile team, and JP, a first-year university student at SFU looking to build good financial habits early. So without further ado, I'll pass it on to our guests. Hello, everyone. My name is JP. I'm currently a first-year SFU student studying criminology, and I had an interest in learning about my finances and where my money is going and how I can save more money. And I have Caitlin here, who works at Golf and Fraser, and I had a couple questions for her. So, Caitlin, why do you think we need a separate podcast for Gen Z? Isn't financial literacy the same for everyone? How is our situation different compared to, let's say, millennials? I feel like since we've grown up during a time where a pandemic hit modern day society, almost no one was prepared for the amount of change that we had to go through. And now since we're living through times of such unpredictability, it's so important that we learn how to adapt our financial practices to prepare for more potential unpredictable circumstances and the fluctuation going on in the economy. And I mean, you've seen the prices of things nowadays. Wages don't really meet up with the cost of living and school doesn't really teach you what to do with your money and how to make it grow and work for you. So hopefully I can provide some insight on that and you can ask some questions and hopefully I can clarify that for you. So Caitlin, why do you think it's good to start saving when you're young? Why not wait till I'm 30 with a stable income with a stable career after university? I guess to sort of jump back into what I was saying before, wages don't really meet up with the cost of living. And that in itself makes it really difficult to stay living in cities like Vancouver. So what most people don't realize is you have a huge advantage when you're young and making money. So for most people, especially students, you're likely still living with your parents. And I'm assuming you are, right? Yeah, I'm still living with my parents. Okay, yeah. And so for me, I'm also a student and I'm also living with my parents. And for most people's situations, from what I've gathered at least, when you're young and still living with your parents, you're likely not paying for bills or worrying about making big purchases like buying a car or property. Uh, I also feel like nowadays, in this economy especially, people usually live with their parents until their late 20s to 30s. And keeping that in mind, people who are making money can take advantage of this time. So this time period when people aren't worried about paying for bills or paying rent, we have the advantage of saving a lot more money than the average person. While we save more money, we also have more time to let it grow and work for us so that by the time that we want to make those big purchases, we can potentially have enough saved to make that happen. We can also take advantage of compounding. And to kind of explain what it is, an analogy I like to use is imagine your money is like a snowball rolling down a hill. It might start out small, but as it continues to roll the snow-covered hill, it'll grow bigger over time and eventually do so faster and faster. The same concept applies with your money when you save and invest. If you allow it to compound over years, it'll continue to keep growing. And as my dad likes to say, don't just work for your money, but let your money work for you. So for people who want to live in expensive areas like Metro Vancouver, saving and investing early will give you better chances of living a lifestyle that you want and not a lifestyle that you have to. Gotcha. I know that you mentioned a couple of theories, compounding and all the other concepts, but 
It sounds good in theory, but can you share some practical tips that we can do? Um, something that I think is really useful is learning to budget how much money to take from your paycheck to put into your savings account. Practicing budgeting is a skill that is very important, especially when it comes to learning to save for those big purchases or knowing where to allocate funds to pay for future bills. It also is good practice to just have emergency funds set aside for unexpected situations that can happen. Uh, Another useful practice is to open up something called a tax-free savings account or It's also known as a TFSA and trying to maximize the contributions you can make. So I'm going to be going a little bit more in depth in the next episode, but just to kind of give you a brief overview of what this is, this type of account allows you to put money in up to a certain limit and these contributions are taxable. However, when you take it out, they're um, going, the withdrawals are going to be tax-free. So when you're young, you're likely not going to be paying a lot of taxes. So when you're making these taxable contributions, you're likely going to be paying a little taxes on them. Also, you mentioned the context of contributions and savings with the living expenses increasing in Metro Vancouver. How can we afford to continue living in Vancouver when it's so difficult to afford housing? Average house is like a million dollar now. Um, So as someone who would like to purchase a property one day, I think the main worry that people like me and you have are how unaffordable properties are, especially with wages barely covering the cost of rent or other bills. So keeping that in mind, I think one of the most important practices when wanting to like achieve these goals would be to sit down with the financial advisor as early as possible, and it can be a great help. They can help you create a budget that can help you save and invest, and if you continue to stick to that plan that they help you create, it can greatly increase your chances of being able to make that purchase in the future. Also, you mentioned sitting down with a financial advisor. How can I access this person called a financial advisor and what can they do to help me in my situation? So are you banking anywhere? I'm currently at TD. Okay, so if you're banking, um, as like the TD is an example of one place you can bank, um, at any F, like financial institution that you bank at, so whether that be a bank or a credit union like Gulf and Fraser, there are advisors that are ready to help you out as long as you have a rough idea of your financial goals. Um, so usually when you go in, you can ask to book an appointment with a financial advisor, and they're usually free and they're accessible. Um, and How they can help you out is if you have an idea of certain goals that you want to achieve. So like you said, maybe like purchasing property or saving up money for school or even growing your savings, they can help you make a plan and create a goal and how to get to that point. And since you work at Gulf and Fraser, it's a different banking system. It's a credit union. Can you explain a little bit about how credit union systems work? I think not a lot of Gen Zs are aware of the difference between the credit union and the big banks such as my personal bank, TD. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people don't realize that there are quite a few significant differences between credit unions and banks. So even though they are similar in the sense where you can find the same products there or you can find advisors at both places, banks are for-profit businesses whose shareholders are usually big corporations. So for credit unions, the difference is that you, the member who opens the account at the credit union, are a shareholder. So basically what this means is that when the company profits and does well throughout the year, you also gain from that. So when the credit union does well, in this case Gulf and Fraser, as a shareholder, you gain a profit as well. 
Oh, that's good to know, Caitlin. Thank you for answering all my questions. I feel more informed about my finances now, and it's making me want to sit down with a financial advisor and talk about my financial goals and how I can meet them. That's great to hear. Just to wrap everything up, the information that I mentioned today shouldn't be taken as financial advice. So for that reason, you should visit one of Gulf and Fraser's financial experts so that they can go in depth about your financial situation and the goals that you have. So that's all for today's episode, folks. Remember, building wealth takes time and effort, but with the right mindset and strategies, you can achieve your financial goals and create the life that you want. And this is the first part of a two-part episode, so don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and stay notified for part two, where we'll offer even more insights and practical tips on Gen Z finances. Until then, 